too crazy for boys town, too much of a boy for crazy town. The child was an outcast. Don't put on the show, freaking win the game. Don't put on the show, you win the game. Don't put on the show, you win the game. Don't put on the show, you freaking win the game. You don't put on the show, you win. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. You want to be a thug. You want to smoke weed and play cars all night, punk. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. We are back. Jam is in the house. I am in the house. It's really just us two. Um, you listening. You're listening. You're currently in the house. We're back. Not here to argue. I feel like it's been a lot going on, Jam. Sometimes, like the timing of this, I mean, it's just the 24-hour news cycle. I don't know if you've heard about this, but like something happens. I'm like, damn, we just missed that. I don't get to discuss it. And then sometimes it gets like more legs, and then I get to talk about it some more. And boy, this Rachel Nichols situation. (laughs) I was like, man, it's going to be all talked out. There's not going to be more talking points. There's no more meat left on the bone. And then she did that apology. And it couldn't have been better timing uh, for the recording of this particular program. And I, I did not see the apology. So you're, you have to tell me about it. Oh, boy. Can we pull? Can we get that up? I'd like to see your live reaction. Oh, yeah. Rachel Nichols the apology. on the jump. I will for I'm, I'm sure everyone listened. I to saw that I saw that Perk was uh caping for her. Um, yeah. Actually, you know what the it's it's a lot longer watching it. What happened? She comes on, she talks for uh, maybe 15 seconds, maybe 20 seconds, and then it cuts to Perkins and then and he talks and vouches for her, and then it cuts to Richard Jefferson and talks and vouches for her, and they each talk longer than she did. And it's like they didn't do like was they on that call too? Like you know what I'm saying? I don't. What I'm not sure why they felt the need to to fall on that sort, like friend or not. She was in the wrong here. It's almost like they served as some sort of shield uh, against yeah. criticism. Like uh, I don't know why. Maybe uh, why them two? Maybe because they're former NBA players. I don't know why she selected them out. You know, but definitely. Uh, but it, like that's a failure above their luck. If they were really gonna do like apology into that, I think it should have like what only been her. Why why is anybody else even talking? Right? Unless you're talking to Maria Taylor, like why is anybody else even talking? She, she didn't ask Brian Windhorst to vouch for her. Yeah, Woj, <laughs> can you back me up? Woj said, No, you are a bad teammate. Uh <laughs> Woj said, uh, she she's last to work, first to leave. She's bad apple. Um but yeah, that's that's your cross to to fall on. So I I'm not sure why Richard Jefferson or Kendrick Perkins felt compelled to do so. I don't know if they were asked to do so. I know I've seen like it's like they were put in a tough spot. I agree, like being on the show with her right after all this is a tough spot. But I don't. It's like do you you guys want to say something? No. No, I yeah. I didn't insinuate that Maria Taylor was only getting jobs because she was black. I didn't. I, Kendrick Perkins, didn't say that. Uh, that's all you, Rach. So, and LeBron's advisor guy. 
Um, what do what does an advisor to LeBron James look like? I've been thinking about that all week. What does that look like? I, 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 it's very confusing. We found out more about him. Apparently, he was a big policy, a political guy, and a former deputy chief of staff to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. So, just a big time Republican, uh, just advising LeBron James on what he started. Like he was like LeBron James had that whole more than a vote campaign. Apparently, that's all uh, Adam Mendelson. But interesting. Anakis, he's the guy you reach out to if you want to interview LeBron. I, it's very confusing. I guess. I I mean, one, I I know this is somewhat of a, like a, a new problem, but this was hot Mike. Rach, been a, she's been a pro longer than, like, you know what I mean? She wasn't born last night. Come on now. And then that email or the video, whatever, getting out. But it sounds like it got out because it was the thing that multiple people would have access to. It wasn't like it would only go to only the director of security of ESPN would see this. And they decided to put it out. It sounded like it went to a place where multiple people were able to see it. And people were like, hey, did you see this? I thought it went to the control room. I thought she like so she had her camera set up because she was stuck in the bubble. And I thought she just like left it on as being broadcast like back to Bristol. It may not. It may, very well may. I took it as it was like a, a thing that was seen later. But it, I mean, it could have either way. Either way, this went back to multiple people and it got out. And I want to I want to read the quote that Rachel Nichols said during the call, to be fair to her. Is I wish Mary Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your crafty longtime diversity record or longtime record on diversity. Which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it. Like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You're not going to find it from me or taking my thing away. I just want them to go somewhere else. It's in my contract, by the way. The job is in my contract, in writing, she said. There's a way to point out, like, hey, man, it's enough for more than one talented woman to eat out here you can point that out without bringing in the diversity thing that's 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 out of line that's disrespectful and i do like i like that maria taylor is about to finesse out of this because i saw her contract is up i think in the middle of the finals so pretty good like her options are like come back and they probably give her i mean whatever it takes for her to stay or she opens herself up on the uh, open market and she can go literally wherever she wants. Like she does, she does football. She does basketball. She does college sports. She does pro sports. She does, she can add like sideline reporter asking Nick Saban the question. She can host the show in the studio. So she can go wherever she wants. I don't like that. It sounds like the only person punished for this was, uh, a young black woman that worked for ESPN named Kayla Johnson, who was, a, I guess, I don't know if she was the one that sent it to Maria Taylor, from my understanding. But again, this wasn't, it didn't only go to her for her to send it to her. Like, so this, it sounded like they like reassigned her, gave her some menial tasks, and I think she eventually left. So I, I hope she's prospering wherever she's at, what she's doing now. But I didn't like that part. Because Rachel Nichols didn't face any punishment. It apparently became a talking point that she didn't face any punishment. And then for her apology, we're not even talking about the apology. We're talking about the two people that talked after 
her apology. So I don't know. I just felt that was that was her grenade to fall on. I don't know. It was like, hey, let me uh no, you can stab me a little bit too. No, you know. Like we can come back after the commercial and talk sons bucks. But if we're gonna do this, like the one who's responsible should be doing it. Like nothing, nothing gonna happen to this the Mendelssohn guy. And I, I, like what sh- who's was he gonna lose his job? LeBron, you can't advise me anymore, sir. He'll bounce back. Um it is always a slippery slope when private conversations go public, but such is the world. We listen. Donald Sterling, Donald Sterling was like, yeah, you fucking tell me about it. All I want to do is tell my girlfriend that Magic Johnson had A's and not to hang out with him. Now I lost my fucking team. So I guess it could be worse. So it'll be interesting. I think I think that she'll be back on the jump. I do. I think I saw she will not be hosting the finals or she will not be involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me Maria, make sure. Maria Taylor and Woj and Jalen Rose, I feel like, made sure of that. I believe. Yeah. I mean... Listen, that's the point of having the power. Here we go. ESPN is taking Rachel Nichols off the NBA sideline. uh, The network announced Malika Andrews will replace her on the sideline. Nichols will continue to host the jump. So there's that. Uh, So (laughs) ultimately, the one thing she complained about this because she didn't want to lose the finals. She complained about it. And she lost the finals. What do you know? Um, so there's that. It's just a classic white liberal stuff where it's like, I believe in diversity in theory, but right. as soon as it touches my job. Right. Practice. Nobody says anything about, uh, about practice of diversity. Uh, and you're absolutely right. There's like, there's <laughs> ways to be like, my contract says I'm supposed to do the finals. Like, I don't want someone else. You don't have to be like, She's only here because of diversity. It's just yeah. I don't. I don't want this Mexican Jew doing the. <laughs> hey, maybe you just don't want him. To, you know what I'm saying? What is that part in your contract too? You have to disparage uh, who who's taking the gig. At uh, no point did Rachel Nichols think maybe um she's just a better host. Uh, I was gonna say I think I, that's really the point lost here, and I I hope I don't think it'll be lost if she hits the open market. Is one just how much work Maria Taylor has put in. Again, I remember she used to be on the like because again, Kentucky football is on like SEC twelve as we should. So I've been watching SEC twelve. I remember uh, Maria Taylor working them sidelines, working her way up, getting like the national game. Then I was like, oh, she hosting in studio stuff now too. She again pro college. If she wanted, if she wanted to say go fuck yourself, ESPN, I bet she could have a nice deal to do something for the Olympics. For some somebody would be like, hey, go, go cover the Olympics, go do something. If she wanted to. Um, so I don't want that. I hope that doesn't get lost. And again, if she hits the open market. It came out like she asking for Stephen A. Smith money. And it's like, should she not? They'd be working him like a dog, too. Like, <laughs> that's it. Oh, well, they, they paid Stephen A. They can't pay her. No, open them pockets. I got enough money. Um, so I think that goes to a bigger. A bigger, I mean, there's a lot of companies, but ESPN, like, let's talk about this on, on Twitch. If you are any, if you're listening to this right now, growing up, if you wanted to work sports, ESPN was the place. It was the place. It wasn't one of, you know what I'm saying, 
it was the if you didn't want to be on air, it was like, okay, I want to do like the research. I want to be the camera guy before like all that. And this 20, 25, 30 years later, that's th that's still ESPN's thing. Like they went away from all the stump the Schwab stuff. They went away from the sports nation. They went to like first take in the morning, sports center at night. Okay. This is what happened. Because when you have, again, a Maria Taylor who's like, listen, I don't have to fit in nobody's but I can go do whatever I want. Um, I was like, okay, well, if you just do some of this. Okay, okay, I know she said some bad shit about you, but she can be over here and you can be over there. Is that okay? And Maria Taylor was like, no. Uh, I was like, okay, all right, we can go back to the drawing board. Um, but I don't know. be very interesting to see how that plays out. I'm hoping the best for Maria Taylor and Kayla Johnson here and really, really no one else in this situation. Um, yeah, no, no one else. Not Mendelssohn. Definitely not that Mendelssohn. This is a, a name for mischief. Um, but alas, James, you know the NBA finals are here? I did. That's Tonight. not even, yeah, that's not even copy. That's just like, Wow. Because I remember all this time, they were like, game one of the finals is, I think, July 6th. And I was like, oh, okay, we got like another week. Duh, it's already July. I don't know what happened in June. July will be gone in a flash. But the finals are here. We got Bucks. We got Suns. And I know this is a, a, a ratings, uh, what's the, extravaganza. Uh, two metropolitans like uh, Phoenix and Milwaukee. But I'm going to give a hot take here. I was just talking about first take, hot take. I think we're going to have a good series here. Ooh. This is a this is a program for kids. You can't say stuff like that. No, I'm definitely drunk right now. <laughs> um, no, the kids like a little whiskey. Yeah, I was going to say, listen, <laughs> that ain't their business. Um, no, we like we had two teams, like for all the hand-wringing about Oh my gosh! Is the is this the year defense is going to be lost? Is anyone ever going to get a defensive stop? Both teams here are top ten in offense and defense. I think the interesting thing: the Bucks are number two in pace. The Suns are number twenty six in pace. Mm. Mm. Interesting stats that mean nothing. I got another interesting stat for you that means nothing. Are you ready? Yes. I need you to say yes. I am ready. Yes, I am ready. They played twice this year. Phoenix won both of those games. Now, by one point apiece, but they still won. Last season, they split. Year before that, Phoenix won both of them. So in the time since Giannis's first MVP season, the Suns are 5-1 and one against the Bucks. That's why you say, ah, that's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. That's pretty interesting. That's, one that's one point each time this year is uh, pretty wild. Like that's very close. And I feel like it. I think it was like somewhat fluky endings on both. But I mean, again, look, Phoenix came out on top both of them. So there's that. It sounded like Giannis. I think he said he's officially doubtful for them or questionable. I can't imagine he played. When do you think he plays? If you think he plays. I don't think he plays till game three. Mm. Like the whole cliche, no one wins. So you're on the road. Like they don't necessarily need 
him to play until game three. You hope you steal one of the first two games. They fell down 0-2 to the Nets. They came back, but like he definitely plays if they're down 0-2. Um, oh, yeah. But, um, I don't think like there's no reason to rush him back. Like it's the finals. It is the. I guess there is reason because there's a limited like a reason. number of games. It is the finals. There's only listen. There's only seven. It's not like uh, okay, they'll win the first seven. Giannis will get healthy. We'll win the next seven, and then we'll play. You know, the the the, the back nine. But I think it's game three as well. He went out. He got injured June 29th in the Hawks game. Game three is on July 11th. That's 11 full days, not including the day he played on or was hurt uh, or would be playing on or was hurt. That feels like if you're going to play, if there's no structural da- uh, structural damage, and it sounds like that's about as good as you're going to get. Like 629 to this point would be about, a, I think, six days, maybe about a week. There were reports, I don't know how true those were, that if it went to game seven against the Hawks that he would have played. And that would have been before game one of the finals. So I, I I never really too much bought that. So I think he comes back game three. So it comes, I, I think it comes down to can they hold water? Can they split till game three? Do you think they like the first two? You think they can split in Phoenix? Depends which version of Chris Middleton shows up. Do we get full-on demon goblin? I'm not missing any shots, or do we get just average Chris Middleton? I think that's the Chris Middleton experience. You're going to get some of them. You're going to get both. You just don't. It's a, it's a grab bag. Well, like if he shows game, up in one of the first two games, then I think it's a pretty good sign for Milwaukee. Well, it is. You you'd like that, wouldn't you, uh, <laughs> Jam Budenholzer? But I do wonder about. I just I don't know how the Bucks are going to score points. That's really what my concern for them comes down to they kind of have like it's not one punch but it's a like their punches are yeah okay chris middleton's blazing hot give him the ball number two brooke lopez is much bigger than everyone else let's get him the ball are they gonna run any post-ups for him against like um wow i'm blanking on the center for the uh, sun's name right now charles barkley no deandre Aiden. deandre Aiden. i host yeah. a podcast about the nba <laughs> you used to now. <laughs> um, the thing is this: Aiton, six eleven, two fifty seven six wingspan, enormous. Brooke Lopez is seven foot two eighty two seven six wing. Like so, as big as Aiton is, he still got him by uh, twenty to thirty pounds. Even if you think the Aiton one's a little outdated, well, I, he'd probably like two sixty. But that's the, twenty pounds. Like twenty pounds is not nothing. Like. The thing I've I've wondered about all series, all series, all playoffs, really. I feel like I've said it for every series. Hey, if Aiden gets in foul trouble, they don't have front court depth. They don't have front court depth. No, but seriously, this time, if they don't have now, I don't know how long I can uh, keep going to that. Like, like Brooke, Brooke Lopez is big enough on his own to like bully ball because he was just like the last two rounds he faced Capella, who he's got forty pounds on, and like Jeff Green. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not a center center. So I think that like that only gets you so much. They're not really hitting threes, which was kind of their calling card. Like regular season, they hit 39% from three. In the playoffs, they're down to 31%. Like no DiVincenzo. He was a good shooter. Uh, Holiday and Middleton, they're down. 
Portis is that Bobby, Bobby Porter shot 47% from three in the regular season. That went down. Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> I'm shocked. I think uh, I saw something that if they won, it would be like no matter what, even mm-hmm. if they shoot a crazy percentage, it would be the lowest uh, three point percentage for a finals team or like it had to be. It, I would love to see in a modern era a team even make a team winning three rounds and shooting 31 percent uh, from three. And the thing like Middleton, if you look at the by series, Middleton is shot and worse by the series. I don't know if it's like fatigue, which understandably like he's never been this far. Holiday is shot better by the series, but can't like can he carry an offense? Is he gonna be your like steady number like two guy to Middleton? And let me let me also say this: Drew Holiday played a brilliant series against the Hawks, a masterpiece of a series, like passing, defense, shooting, scoring, all that. Brilliant series. So I think like he'll score some, Middleton will score some. But who who's after Forbes? You know what I'm saying? Did you know third third stat that doesn't matter at all? But I just think it's really wild for the playoffs. When Brent Forbes is on the court for the Bucks, they're two points worse on offense. Excuse me, when he's off the court, on the curve versus off the court. Oh, when I was going to say, like I thought his whole point was that he yeah, does <laughs> offense. <laughs> So when he is off the court, they are two points worse on offense, 14 points better on defense. It's a big gap, meaning that they for the playoffs. He's a minus six. They're just you're lighting playoff minutes on fire, even though he can shoot. He's just not doing much else. P.J. Tucker, he's playing 30 minutes a game and scoring four points. He's not like he's not an option for consistent points. Also, who does P.J. Tucker guard this series? Jay Crowder? Uh, yeah, salute. Good luck. Yeah, you're <laughs> the guy you had on Kevin Durant now gets to guard uh, Jay Crowder. Very cool. Like he, Connor, can't, he can't stay with Booker at all, right? No. Who do they, who like, do they oh, put on Book? That's what I'm saying. It's even one of those things. I feel like if you try to even get away with like some minutes, him at center, I do feel like they find him because it's like you can't stay in front of his his. his his strength is his strength, like low post. You don't want to make him move his feet. They will make him find him and make him move his feet. So Connors, Pat Conson had a good series against the Hawks. If you're ready to count on him for the finals, salute to you. But he did have a good series against the Hawks. But they were they were playing an eight-man rotation already. Now it's seven without Giannis. So I, like, where are these points coming from? Middleton. Let's say Middleton, let's say he goes... 25 is 25 again is that fair 28 say he goes crazy these first two games i'm asking no say he oh well yeah sure let's say it (laughs) (laughs) like yes go on yeah absolutely uh let's okay let's say he's 25 say him and holiday are 50 whatever you break it down he and holiday combined are 50 okay Brooke Lopez has been about, let's say he gets like a steady 15. That's 65. PJ Tucker and his four point, that puts you at 70. Okay. For the playoffs, the Suns are scoring 109 points a game, meaning you're going to need 40 plus points from Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis. 
for two games, at minimum two games. Right. And also, I think a, a thing that's going to be a big help. Who does Booker guard in this series? Because I think whoever, the, whatever lineup the Bucks have, I think he gets to rest. And I think that's big. If, if you have Tucker out there, he'll rest on Tucker. Connaughton, for whoever, he'll rest there. And just you, he just won't have to move his feet. Um, so I, I just don't, that's my, that's my concern. I just don't think the Bucks can score consistently enough against a Suns team that, again, was a top 10 offense and has been playing well. Now, I just don't. Like, yeah. so the game sits, but Brooke Lopez is not going to score 33 points again, obviously. No. So in game six of the against the Hawks, you got basically 60 from Middleton and Holiday. Mm. Can you serve, like – do you expect that? Can you get that and then just survive? Because then what? Lopez had 13, Portis had 12, Conathan had 13. Old friend Jeff Teague had 11. Like, can I you was just say, like, if it gets to, well, if Conathan and Portis give you 20s combined, you're, you'd love that consistently. You love that. But I'll say that this Suns team is just a better defense than the Hawks team. Like, just simple and plain. Like, for the play or for the regular season, Suns were ninth ranked defensively they allow 47 percent shooting from two 35 percent from or 47 percent from the field 35 from three for the playoffs those are down to 43 and 33 so a top 10 defense got better like the hawks were always they played pretty good like better defense than you thought they should be playing but this sun's defense is an actual good defense and i think they match it like if you put if you have mikhail bridges from Middleton. I feel like you've got probably Paul on holiday. Like you probably just, you're not going to shut him down, but I mean, Chris Paul do enough like annoying defensive stuff, but you've also got like some Jay Crowder to help in there. Some Cam Johnson, some Tory Craig to help for these first two games. I'm assuming without Giannis, like none of those guys are big enough for Lopez, but I think they match up very well for like literally everybody else. Um, and it's looking like Giannis isn't going to play. So the first two, I think the I think the Suns win the first two. I think they I think they have to. If they split, the Bucks have to be feeling damn good. Oh yeah. If you can split and then get Giannis coming back, because as good like you all the guys you just mentioned, none of them are really like scream out to me as like the a guy who can really slow down Giannis because they're just not a, right. like Mikhail Bridges is very long, but he doesn't have the right. size. As big a Jay Crowder fan as I am, uh I just don't think he's the guy. There's no – for as good a defense as the Suns are, they don't have a great matchup for Giannis. Right. And, again, that's one of the Who reasons does? he is Giannis. Yeah, nobody yeah. does. But I do think it's interesting because they'll have Giannis back, but he'll def, like he'll be hobbled at some sort. To that point, do I, I wonder – like any little bit, you, you know, any little bit you can get like Jay Crowder can't guard Giannis. But if Giannis is a little bit slower, is he strong enough to kind of like push him off some spots and like help build the wall with Aiton, with with all those guys? I think that's big. But I just until game three, I just don't think they have enough points. I just don't think they score enough points. Well, we just got a report hmm? from noted great teammate. Reporting with Malika Andrews, you see how Woj gave credit there. Sure. Giannis is continued around-the-clock treatment on his left knee with the hopes of becoming cleared to play game one tonight, and there's expected to be a game-time decision on his availability. 
Ooh. We saw James Harden go from out to doubtful to probable in the matter of hours. I, we saw for Trey, Trey, it was like, oh, man, a bone bruise. Who know, What? He's playing game six. Um, so it's the finals, man. I don't know what to tell Like, even that's how like, bad does does a 60% Giannis help you just as a decoy? Like, does like just drawing one of those defenders <laughs> off Middleton? I think he does because, again, you don't have – 60% of Giannis is, is better than 100% of whoever would play his role. Jeff Teague or – Whoever, like you know, what I'm saying. So if it's, it really have to be okay. We know you're limited. If you can't hurt this anymore, that would be the. Th- if you can hurt it anymore, I mean, like percentage wise, you can always hurt it more. But yeah, but like if he's forty percent, they might like if they just play him ten minute spurts per half. But even I mean, I think the Suns. Have the cap between Booker and Paul have the capability to be like, let's see how healthy that like, let's just see. We're gonna call your number two, three, four times, and you might you might swallow up every one of them, but we're, we're gonna see. Um, I don't that just feels so soon. That that injury looked really t- and maybe it was. It, I feel like we've seen LeBron have a hundred injuries like that, like come down. It's like, oh, that looked awful, and it's like, oh, he's back. He went to the locker room, he's back. So Giannis is a freak. Maybe it was just a looked worse than it was. If he plays, he's going to have a like. I can't. I don't. I don't see Giannis playing like the AD. Like AD probably should have never played and been like, "Oh, get him out of." If Giannis plays, I think he's like, "I'm ready for 35 minutes." If you play me, but they're gonna need it because again, I just don't think they have the points. On the flip side, I think it's a good matchup for the Sun. Like when the Suns have the ball, too. Like who did you who do you think Drew Holiday guards? Like you put him on Booker, or you put him on Paul. If you I put a, him on Booker. Why? She's the best offensive scorer against the. Uh, you put your best defender on him. I think you try to slow down Booker as much as possible. And although you just think about the Bucks, like their one Achilles heel, or not their one, but like mm. they just play drop one, defense. It's literally, Giannis <laughs> is Achilles. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's like oh, they just rely on their drop defense, and it's like. Who's the person in the league who you would most want to punish person. a drop defense? Yeah. So I don't know. I like as I guess it's a pick your poison there. I just like think Booker, if you just don't want him to go off and have like a really hot shooting night. And he still might over Drew, but I That's think the- you you live with the Chris Paul uh kind of mid-range jumpers. You just don't want Booker to like have 40. That's fair. Because it's it, I mean, it is a pick your poison. I saw – I wish I could find that article to see who would give it credit. But they tracked the last the last four times Chris Paul and Drew Holiday played in, against each other, but they tracked, like, the times where they were matched up on each other, okay? So the last four matches – this goes back to 2017-18, and Chris Paul's with the Rockets. They've been matched up for about 25 minutes total over those four games. Chris Paul has 35 points, 13 assists, one turnover on 52-71-100 shooting against Drew Holiday. Another reason why you put Drew Holiday on. Devin Booker. <laughs> so it may be a – hey, listen, uh, you know, you're not stopping either one of those guys. You already tried for Paul. That didn't appear to work out very well. Um, I don't want I, – I, I can kind of see that, like, if you can just kind of – like, if you tell Drew to just kind of – take him out of it like don't concede 
the mid range because that's like Booker and Paul can kill you mid range if Brook Lopez drops and he's going to drop because that's what he weighs two hundred eighty pounds. That's what he's supposed to do. Now a healthy Giannis means they could go to the lineup where they switch everything, meaning there wouldn't be that mid range space. But Giannis isn't healthy, and I think that's a thing. It's like okay, let's find out. Let's find it because if Brooke Lopez is on the court, you're going drop. If you're going drop, Paul and Booker are going to kill you. If you're going big, Giannis at five, like you can't, you don't have five bodies to play without Brooke Lopez and Giannis. We'll kill you. Aiton will kill Portis, PJ Tucker. He's just too big. So I don't know. Like the Bucks, they conceded like the mid range, the floaters, the tray, and now it's Booker and Paul. Uh, it just feel like a tough matchup. I just don't if the Bucks were healthy, I think this would be a really good matchup. But Dante DiVincenzo's out. That's so the best three point shooter. If, you yeah, know what I'm saying? It felt like the Clippers series, uh, like the Suns dominated like the whole series, but somehow mm-hmm. the Clippers were always in the game just because yeah. of three point shooting. Clippers might <laughs> doesn't happen at thirty one percent. Yeah, they lost like four two and were like plus twenty six on the series. They're like, what the hell happened? Um yeah, you come in and shoot 31% because I think we're seeing – I feel like the thing with Booker and Paul, like it's not so much scoring 50. It's like they go on runs at the end of quarters, halves, whatever, and it's like, oh, you would cut it to four points. Devin Booker just scored eight straight points. Now it's back to 12. Like you call a timeout. That was it. That was your run. That was your chance. So – and that's what I wonder because again, on the other side, the Bucks are going to have to keep scoring with them. I just don't think they can score. I cannot. I've said it a hundred times, and I cannot wait for the Bucks to score 175 points without Gian- Giannis. Doesn't play a single minute. Jeff Teague scores 84 points. 40 um, for 50 from three. <laughs> they literally could not miss Jam. The one game, uh, but like you, like Crowder, uh, Bridges, they haven't. They haven't shot as well as they have in the regular season. Not bad, but not as well. So that's it. Like, because they might, maybe they keep shooting below the board. Maybe they get back to normal. But I looked at game five and six, the Bucks defense without Giannis against the Hawks. So for five and six, the Hawks against a Bucks defense, a top 10 defense without Giannis, they shot 46% from two, 39% from three. They had 27 for 70 over two games. Got to the line 42 times. Trey was only seven of those because he was hurt too. And hit 80% from the line. So what I'm saying, like they shot pretty, like it wasn't like this Bucks defense without Giannis was just locking up. And the thing is like for the playoffs, the Bucks defense without Giannis, or the Bucks as a team without Giannis, they're close to like plus two without him, but they're plus eight with them. Like that's, you go from keeping your head above water to dominating. And I don't know if, He's there if he will be in domination mode or uh, ability to dominate uh, physically, I guess. So I am going. What, what, what's your what's your serious prediction? Sons and six. All right, that'll do it for this. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's. I think the Suns take the first two. I think the Bucks take game three because Giannis comes back. I think the Suns win game four, also in Milwaukee, to go up 3-1. Milwaukee gets a road one, and I think the Suns close it on the road in game six. You stole my prediction. 
idea in a roundabout way. That's that's the beauty of it. You set it up like you're just asking for someone. I'm stealing you idiots. <laughs> what, what what do you think about that thing? Uh, can you uh, can you pull up? Can you give me some Finals MVP odds? I need some Finals MVP odds. What do you think will be number one? I I feel like number one. I feel like it's got to be Chris Paul. I feel like it has to be sports. Bettingdime.com. Uh-uh. Sports, sports, uh, game of skill. <laughs> Let's see. Let's have a look. So we're looking at some finals MVP. So Chris Paul is the favorite plus 175. Devin Booker, 240. Giannis, 375. Chris Middleton, 550. Drew Holiday, 900. Ayton, 2500. Mikael Bridges and Brooke Lopez. Oh, and Cam Johnson. There are more. These are the ten thousands. Oh gosh, there's bigger. Pat, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis, PJ Tucker. Twenty five thousand. Let me just say before I get to the favorites of all these, of the plus ten thousand of Bridges, Lopez, Johnson, Payne, Connaughton, Portis, Tucker. I don't hate Mikael Bridges plus ten thousand. He's the only he's the only one of these odds down here we've seen before. You can win the finals MVP by defending the other team's best player and scoring like 17 points a game. We saw for Iguodala, we saw for Kawhi that the the, the precedence is there. So by the same token, if Bridges comes in, if he just sticks to Middleton, like just forces Middleton into just just oh Middleton shooting 34 percent this series. And on the other end, we see, oh, he, he's coming back to form. He's hitting some of those threes he hit in the regular season. He shoots, he hits five for eight threes in like six games. That's plus 10,000? Like, come on now. 10,000, like Brooke Lopez is not going to, I don't think there's a single thing Brooke Lopez could do to win finals MVP. I, I disagree. I know I'm not here to argue. This is not an argument. This no. is just registering a disagreement. But. I'm listening. If Brooke Lopez scores more than 20 points in like three of the games, say they steal an early game because this Brooke Lopez goes off. Mm. Like if the Bucks win, I feel like it's going to be because one of their role players steps up in Giannis's absence. And I feel like Brooke Lopez is that guy just because we saw him score 33. Like he has the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to do it, but I think like – in the path of where the Bucks win, I feel like there is a path where it's just like, oh, Brooke Lopez is a – they feature him down low and he plays solid defense on eight in the whole time. Or is like it's not a terrible uh, on defense. That's just like in the in the yeah. world where the Bucks win and it's not like they are able to scrap together some wins that are not just entirely like Giannis related. That's – I guess like if I – if you're picking the Bucks to win, I feel like you have to go with – what are Giannis's odds? Plus three seventy five. I feel like if you if you think the Bucks are winning, I feel like because say if he misses the first two and they lose the first two, but he comes back and they win four or five, he's the MVP. Even if Middleton or Hot like kept them afloat, I just can't see like Aiton. I've heard some talk for Aiton. I'm skeptical for the reason I th- if he scores twenty points, it'll be on ten dunks. Right? He doesn't shoot threes. He doesn't get to the free throw line. If he gets ten dunks. I think the per- whoever passes the ball is going to get the credit. You oh, think Chris what, what, Paul might get the credit for? Listen, he's been in basketball. Um, 
I think it'll be like, oh, what another pass. And we look up and it's like, no, DeAndre is eight for 11 from the field. He's got 26 points. But oh, Paul's got nine assists and no turnovers. Very cool. Um, plus, again, we know this is it's somewhat narrative and media. Again, Andre Iguodala won one over Steph Curry. There's somewhat he guarded LeBron. So there's something to me. And I, I think that would give Paul the the. Nah, if the Suns win, it's going to be Chris Paul. Like, you just saw the outpouring of NBA Twitter people just being like, the point God, the point God, when he made it to the finals. When there's, he did literally anything at all. Oh, yeah. There's zero chance that people, like, they give it the, and the NBA finals voting, finals MVP voting is very interesting because it's just like, we're going to pick eight people who are at these games, and they're just like, they're going to hey, vote. you. Yeah. Uh, Somehow Rachel Nichols has gotten a vote for the past like five years. I thought about that. Does she get a vote this year? I would hope not if she's not at the finals. Does she get a vote this year? That's interesting. They should give Maria Taylor a vote. That's who she should get a vote. Mm, Maria Taylor, her one vote is Trilly Whiskers. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't – I could, like if eight, he just shoots 70% from the field, grabs 14 rebounds a game, and plays good defense. I still think they would give it to Chris Paul. I, I, just, I, I just still think they would give it to Chris Paul. What do we I'm have? shocked he has – I was trying to look for past uh, finals MVPs just to see uh, Rachel Nichols' voting history. She votes for LeBron every single – he's not even been in the finals uh, in 12 months now, and she's going to vote for him in the final. And she I, has I, private phone conversations with his uh, publicity with, man? With, with his advisor. Um, Seems like a conflict of interest here. Nah. What could what, what, – it's probably fine. Um, Holiday is interesting. If you think, like, again, if he d- just defends Booker or Paul, holds him to, a like, a tough series – and scores, you know, 18-20 on the other end. Somewhat. But book if Booker if he averages like 37 a game, but if they win, it's gonna be Paul. And I think if the Bucks win, it's gonna be Giannis. But Mikhail Britt, 10 th- plus 10,000. Something to consider. Something to consider. You know what else is something to consider? While I'm considering things. Um do you know? I I don't. I've been, I you've know. been asking me all questions all day, and I've been looking at you like just blank eyed stares, just woefully nothing. unprepared. Um, no, you know all about underdog fantasy now, but I would consider this is just me. If you're not following them on Twitter, you know, or subscribe to them on YouTube, or listening to this show and subscribe to this show, like the one you're listening to right now. Go ahead and subscribe if you're not. Um, you should be. Just something to consider. Like some of you. I'm not saying any name. Some people got a PS5 from Underdog. They're giving away more free stuff. Like they're all expense paid trip to the finals. T-shirts. That's that's quite a range. Like if you're in the drawing for all all expense paid trip to the finals or PS5 and you get a T-shirt. It better be a nice T-shirt. Does it say I was in a drawing for all expenses paid, <laughs> but all I got was this lousy T-shirt? I will have to check with Jack Settleman. Uh, he is the uniform czar for Underdog Sports, so I will have to check with him. But they're giving away all type of stuff, man. So NBA Finals coming up, duh, tonight. 
It's your last chance to play. It's really your last chance to play me for playing NBA Pick'em. This is the last chance I'm going to get to to win you all some money for at least until for like football season. I'm, I'll dabble in some baseball. You know what I mean? The risk team's not going to do any Olympic basketball. I can't bet on Oh, uh, they wouldn't dare. I mean, oh. I think you can't have a game of skill with the the kind of international competition. It's too honorable. It, oh my gosh! It, you just find like who? Let's, let's see who is uh who's Luca playing today? I'll take the over on his points, rebounds, assists. Um, I like that. Like over under Kevin Love 0.5 points, rebounds, assists. Under 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 is what I'd hit. But check him out again. Follow Underdog Fantasy. They are, again, still currently giving out chances. The finals is going on now. So if you want to win that chance, you know, that all expenses tri- uh, paid trip to the finals, you'd want to get on that soon. So follow Underdog Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. They say enjoy the rest of the NBA season. I won't read that. I can't be made to read that. And Rudman can talk to my lawyer. Who's me? <laughs> Jam is my lawyer. But um, I'm also Rudman's lawyer, so it's a bit of a conflict of interest. A, yeah, how does that work? It's like, I don't want anybody to go to jail. Uh, I don't. Count- Jail's bad. <laughs> we counter sue you. Um, no. Can you give me the uh, – can you pull up the, the Clippers salary cap situation, please? Because I want to just, – just a brief look back. The Clippers uh, – Paul George first. Paul George scored – at least 20 points in every single game this postseason run. Every single game. He did it for 19 straight games. And only three people have gotten to 18. Uh, gotten to, yeah, 18. Jordan, Durant, Kobe. And that was at 18. Then Paul George did it one more time. Which is why I looked it up for Jordan. Jordan has streaks of 22, 19, 21, 16, and 17 games. Was he just quickly. winning like the finals too quickly? Like he didn't have any he more would, games left? He would have what messed him up a couple times in the middle of a crazy run. He'd have one of those like like a 17 point game. That's but everything else would be 28 point plus. Like he played 197 playoff games six times. He was under 20. So a That's lot of streaks. Wild. Yeah. A lot. I actually refuse to believe that. I can't imagine Michael Jeffrey Jordan playing in a playoff game and not scoring 20 points. You know what's what? The lowest he ever scored was 15. So he just, like, not one time in 179 games when the focus was on him, not once was like, man, I just had three for 19. I just ain't got it today. Not every single time he got to 15 points, which is incredible. Neither here nor there, but incredible nonetheless. If you were the Clippers, I don't think they have much off-season work to do. Being completely honest, not that's a, a, a take. Um, resign Kawhi. I think that's numero uno. That's a big, big step. I think, I think, I think that we, I think we can be frank here and say that's numero uno. But I, I, just, I don't think he leaves. I really don't. Even if he doesn't sign the full five, if he signed like a two plus one, one plus one, I do not think he leaves unless. There's a universe where, like, Chris Paul – I think this would be best-case scenario for the Sun. They win. Chris Paul opts out and goes to New York for more money, and the Suns are just like, hey. And then they sign Kawhi Leonard. That's what the Suns do. But they, I think they have to 
I think they might have to move Dario Sarge to make it happen. So who knows if you deal with it, you know what I'm saying? If you mess with it. Do you do it then? Like I I mean, you have to really ask the questions. Um, But again, neither here nor there. We're looking at the Clippers next year's salary cap situation. So for next year, Kawhi has a player option. He will opt out. But again, I do think he will be back. So you have Kawhi. You would have Kawhi. Paul George is on the books. Marcus Morris. Beverly, Abaka, Rondo, Zubak, Luke Kennard. Scroll down a little bit, please. There he is. Okay, and Ter- Terrence Mann. So that's who you have. That's one, two, three. That's seven people under contract right there. Now, Batum, Reggie Jackson, Boogie, those guys are all free agents. All guys I I feel like they could bring back, like, I know Reggie Jackson could and is going to get a, a nice bag from someone, but if you saw the way he was talking about like what the Clippers did for him and with the kind of space he was in before he got there, and his I, friendship with Paul George, yeah, like, how, like they've been, they've been talking about playing together for years, which is news to me because I didn't know that Reggie Jackson and Paul George were friends. What a bizarre friendship! But they meet. <laughs> but either I mean I don't I feel like it'll be a situation where he's like, hey, okay, I got this offer, like. If y'all can come close, right? If y'all can, he's he got 80 million in the bank. I don't want to count the man's pockets, but it's not like he needs, you know what I'm saying? This ain't his first big deal. So I think he stays. Batum, Batum, who they got, I don't know if he they get him for the minimum again, but I think they would be he had a really good year for Talk them. about a place. guy who's made some money. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like they, it's like, hey, you, you liked living in LA, right? You'd like to do it again. Um the interesting thing is. They've got a move to make, but they've got some pieces to make it. Because they had scroll up a little bit, please. Okay, yeah, going into next year, expiring. They have Patrick Beverly, fourteen million dollars expiring, which like the perfect tradable salary. You would have Abaka. Abaka's got a player option. I forgot about him. I, if he's just healthy, I think he comes back. Rondo, seven point five million. Is in the final year of his deal. You could package that uh, maybe with Beverly if you're looking big. They have the 25th pick in this draft, which I think they will almost serve. I think they should trade. I think they can get like a decent piece from it. And they have Luke Kennard, who is he can't. I think he had a better play. Like I feel like he played better as it went on. So you'd like to hope he gets his legging under him next year, but. Like just again, precedence. Last year, the Lakers traded the twenty-eight, the pick that became Jaden McDaniels and Danny Green for Dennis Schroeder. And there's an argument with full hindsight, they would have been better just keeping Danny Green and Jaden McDaniels. So that I think the Clippers can make something simple if they want to say, okay, what can the twenty-fifth pick and Patrick Beverly's expiring money get me, or Rondo if you're looking a little smaller. So, I ran a couple fake trades. I know How I dare you, sir? Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, I'll wait for the booing uh, to end. No, I was just kicking around. I did. I was just looking at guys with one year left on their deal. I think they will have to make that like that Schroeder deal, and hope you can resign or do something with them. Um, but I was th- like Charlotte. If you put the twenty fifth pick. And it Beverly or maybe Kennard, like to Charlotte, 
for I think you could get one of Devontae Graham or Terry Rozier. Because Devontae Graham was a free agent this summer, no? That's he's a restricted free agent. So it's a where like he could be signed and traded or whatever, but I do think he's going in restricted free agency. Terry's going in the last year of his deal. I think they have a decision to make there because they have like Lamelo and Hayward. Those are two guys that can handle the ball. You pro- like Miles Bridges can do some of it, but I feel I feel like they I don't think they keep Terry and Devontae long term. So if you think if you're like get Devontae Graham more of a point guard can shoot to the Clippers or Terry. And if you're the Hornets, you get, again, another draft pick. I think they would take Luke Kennard. It's like, okay, we'll just let him run with LaMelo. We'll see if that works. Um, Orlando for Gary Harris, I think is interesting because he's just kind of another one of those guys. Like he would just play defense and shoot threes around Kawhi and Paul George. He's in the last year of his deal. Eric Bledsoe, I think he's got two years left. But, again, all-defense guy. Rondo, if you add them all up, Rondo, Beverly, and Kennard for Kimba works money-wise. That's interesting. It's not that interesting. I would not do that deal if I was <laughs> if I was a Clipper. I don't. I think I'd rather have those three individual parts. To be completely honest with you, probably. I mean, Kemba's not going to give you much on defense. Like Pat that, was very where- valuable. Uh, very annoying, but still quite valuable in the playoffs. And also, he's not as good a shooter as Reggie Jackson. So, I mean, who is? It's not a knock on, on Kimba. But here's one I wonder. Does any does any combination of those four get you to come off Marcus Smart? Any combination of Beverly, Rondo, Kennard, and... The 20, yeah, the 20, I think it's the 25th pick. Does any two of those get you to come off Marcus Smart? No. Does any three of those get you to come off Marcus Smart? Not really. Like, I think the Celtics need a, a power forward that rather than, like, backup point guards. Like, I would rather have them trade for someone with size. Zubak? Zubak is a little bit more interesting, but he's okay, also, look, look, like, a Listen, throw, him, throw his ass in there then. Okay. Zubak. I forgot because I yeah I completely forgot he's like he's a fine if you're gonna play him like 20 minutes a game seven million per you could do a lot worse at center than Zubat and he's on uh two years 15 million that's a fine deal okay Zubat add Zubak in so Zubak Kennard Rondo Beverly 25th pick does any three of those get you smart no. I just really I'm a I'm a firm believer in that Marcus Smart is like if you're building around Tatum and Brown, you want a guy who plays very solid perimeter defense, who is a pretty solid three point shooter. Like he just fits the mold. What's that have to do with Marcus Smart? (laughs) He's got what thirty three point percentage has gotten better every year in the league. (laughs) It started at one. Exactly, but it's (laughs) an upward trajectory. I I don't hate it. Like I, the reason I'm trying to do it, or I'd be trying to do it for Boston. Is again, he shot thirty three percent. Okay, that's a lot worse than I thought it was. Not good, no. <laughs> like again, the the Tatum Brown fit. I'm, I want to put it around George and Kawhi. That's the reason I would do it. And because I Marcus think, Smart's a very good piece around two like long wings who can handle the ball. Definitely. And I think the thing I think he would get to show it off more in L.A. is his passing vision, which I don't think he gets the credit for. Like he's a really he's that's maybe some maybe I just wouldn't give him credit. He's a really good passer. I think that would show on this Clippers team. 
But now I could I could go up to three. Like if I was the Clippers, like okay, you want twenty five, you want Zubac, and we'll give you we'll give you Beverly. He'll give you like forty percent of that Marcus Smart annoyance for Marcus Smart. You wouldn't do that. Not for any of those players. Maybe I, if you give me Mook back, maybe I'll, I'll consider it. Like that's the type of player that I would want if I'm the Celtics. Is I they need a if they can get Jalen and Jason Tatum at the two and three, and you have like a strong power forward who can knock down threes. Like they just don't have that kind of flexible four right now that I think also you mm-hmm. want to put around them. Like Marcus Morris is much more valuable to me than kind of other like any of those guys you mentioned. Okay, that. I think the thing that's interesting, of course, they didn't think they were going to get what they got from Batum and Jackson, right? Like it was a home run signing. Can you bank on that again? Who knows? But if you know that you're bringing Batum and Jackson back, Marcus Morris is a little bit more expendable, right? Not that they're they're even the same type of player, but when they go to that like small ball, can you switch everything? Those guys fit. Same as Morris. That's why he's valuable. Because Marcus Morris... Good Marcus Morris in Boston was interesting. Um, oh, I'm just trying to get Marcus. I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to think of something because I do, I think they've got a like Schroeder was coming in this year, was what seventh man in the year, like not an insignificant piece. So if you tell the Clippers right now that they can add who was a seventh man, like if they just get to add Joe Ingles, or it's like, oh, shit, that's a big so that's like, I depending on what they do. They like they can make a, a somewhat decent move. Like again, they they don't need much. I don't think Reggie Jackson leaves. I don't think Batum leaves. And if you're looking at like Jackson, Beverly, Rondo going into the year, man, Kennard, Kawhi, PG, Batum, Ibaka, healthy, Zubak, Morris, and Cousins. That's twelve. And you still have the first round pick, so you could make a three for. What do you think about a sign and trade Kyle Lowry? Oh, what am I giving up? Any of those guys you just mentioned, just whatever. Oh, any of that garbage? Yeah. No, um, just to match salaries. No, that's interesting. Um, because if you were like, if I'm the Raptors, you've already traded Siakam for James Wiseman and Andrew. Yeah, Williams. he's out. <laughs> but we're, we're blowing it up. Um, <laughs> No, well, I do think that's an interesting, like, if Lowry's going to resign, then you're, like, maybe hold on to Siakam and you're much more willing to, like, trying to compete this year. Mm-hmm. If Lowry's out of there, maybe you consider, like, the full rebuild. Right. Um, it's well, just interesting how you, like, how that affects. I'm just, just part after this year where they played in Tampa, after the bubble, all that, I'm not ready to blow it up. Even if Kyle Lowry leaves, I'm not. He's the oldest person. Like I can't blow it up if the oldest guy leaves. But if you're Toronto on the flips, if it's like, hey, Kyle Lowry's probably leaving anyway, but he wants to go to L.A. and it's like, hey, okay, all right, give us that 25th pick. We'll take another young piece and who Beverly. Like, well, they'll take or can I bet they would take Kanar. I don't even know if they would. I don't. I think Kanar's going to have more value. I think he'll be better next year than he showed. Um, but if I'm the Raptors, I would do that. Like the 25th pick in what's supposed to be an extremely deep draft and either Luke Kennard or Patrick Beverly as an expiring contract, some empty minutes. I would I would do that regardless of, uh, of uh, what Lowry does. 
the problem with like all the Clippers guys, there's like not a lot of upside there. It's not like you can turn like no. talk yourself into being like and like the most upside is Luke Kennard. I just looked looked it up. He's 25, but yeah, it's not like you can say, oh, we're adding a piece who could could be part of our core moving forward. It's like no, right. you're going to get a two year or one year rental for like it has to be a team that's just like looking to tank. I think. Like, so that's why the magic deal uh, makes like more sense is they're not going to be good next year. Right. Wait, which magic deal? Uh, the one for Gary Harris you mentioned. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they. Or like, the one for Kemba. Like they're just, you need a team that doesn't want to be good next year because right. I don't think any of those individual pieces are like moving the needle, but if they're just expiring contracts to take on, then I think yeah, it's, like that, much they, more it's coming with a pick. That's like, you're basically, you're taking on Beverly or Rondo or whatever to get the 25th pick. And again, the thing I'm trying to find now, like the 25th pick, of course, if you nail the pick, it's better than if you don't nail it. Again, hot take. But I think, yeah, quickly was 25th last year. Pritchard was 26th. Jaden McDaniels, 28th. Desmond Bain was 30. That's five players from 25 to like, that's the type of any, are any of those guys, you know what I'm saying, making first team all NBA? Probably not. But if you're just talking about, hey, we get the 25th pick, that ain't nothing. Like the year before, I'm looking um, just around that. That was, yeah, Keldon was 29. Kevin Porter was 30. Nick Claxton was 31. Daniel Gaffer, Bo, Bo, Terrence Mann was 48. So it's it's a nothing pick till somebody gets Pascal Siakam with that pick. <laughs> um, but either way, Clippers are good. Can you Another team I think is good either way. The Hawks. Can you give me the Hawks salary cap? Because you talk about a team that is set up. Nate McMillan's back. They just gave him a four-year deal. He went 27-11 in the regular season and made the conference finals without two of his rotation players. I I mean, really, their only question now, because everybody's back for them, too, is, is John Collins. John Collins is the question. And... Before the year, they offered four ninety. He turned it down. I think. I think wisely so. I think he'll get more than four ninety. So you could say it's a, a smart deal in those terms. I've. I think they should keep. Him. I've been in this camp, but I follow enough Hawks fans that are ready to move on. I would keep him. I would keep him because if you are. The culture you are trying to build is bigger than Trey Young. You are trying to build a winning culture, like the guy, a guy, Collins was picked 19. He came in, he worked, he got better, he helped you in the playoffs. He did, I get like what what more could you ask him to do that he didn't do? So I'd pay him for that reason. Second reason I'd pay him, he'd be an asset. You're like if you if you signed him and traded him tomorrow, what like for whatever happens, he he can't leave for nothing. He can't leave for nothing. But at the risk of overpaying, I would pay what it takes. Like, I think, what did Jalen Brown get? Like, four for, like, 115, something like that? Yeah. Under the max, but still, like, a solid chunk of change. Yeah. Like, I think that's a fair – like, if you offered Colin, like, four for 120 to keep him from go getting an offer. Because if he went to go get an offer, I think he'd find it. So, you, if you're the Hawks, you want to be like, hey, like, like, let's – what's enough to not even – we'll give you 30 today. Knowing that it's like, well, I could go get 34 if he wants the 34, but you can always trade that. But 
for his career, he's a 62% two-point shooter, 38% three-point shooter. He's 23. That's why I'd keep him. It comes like it comes down to that right there. Like his role changed with Capella coming on. His role changed in the playoffs. And like he kept on trucking. He was at 22 and 10 last year. Right. And he was at 15 shots a game. And I've like justified look to be looking for more. He came in regular season, he got 12 shots a game. Then the playoffs, he got 10. In the playoffs, he did it 64% from two, 36% from three. They were better with him on the court in the playoffs. They were worse with him off the court. I will keep him. And I know, like, if he signed, like, four for 130, it would look crazy for a guy that at, like, 13 or four, whatever he averaged in the playoffs. But, again, this is where I, I, I think it's more than, like, the, the, the box scores. Like, his biggest... Plus minus for the postseason, he had a plus 26 in 29 minutes. It was a game he scored four points. And I think it's because he can impact a game without scoring points. He had two games in the playoffs. He scored 20 uh, while taking 10 or less shots. Like he's just wildly efficient. I think he had some legit questions about defense that I think he took a big step toward answering this year. I will pay him. I will pay him. And if you're going into next year, like you would have a hopefully a healthy Trey, Bogdanovich, Hunter, Collins, Capella, and Cam your, Reddish, three point machine. And your bench is Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, Gallinari, and Okongwu. That's your nine man rotation. And you can squeeze something out of Chris Dunn, maybe just to play defense. Yeah. If he, I mean he, he just has to get healthy. I think he can be a fit. He just has to get healthy. They still have checking right now i just want to see what number of picks the hawks are supposed to have they don't have to be pulled up big there's gonna be okay 20. okay so the 20th pick and again like i just listed the people picked in so if they can just get like enough and again all those people they outside uh bogdanovich gallinari and uh outside of all of them um no but they drafted and developed i, I think that it's fair to say that they draft and develop they get a guy at 20. I think it's fair to say that within a couple of years, you look for him to be producing some something of some sort. So I would keep him. I read that. Scroll up a little bit, please. The first, If they kept John Collins and Trey and Herter, who can get paid this season, the first year they would be in the luxury tax is 2022-23. That's the first year. That don't feel like a big enough deterrent for me to because like if you get there. Gallinari and Capella would be in the last year of their deals. You move one of them, you're not under like problem solved. So I don't think they have a good reason to not to keep him. And what if he's not playing for you? Cannot lose him for he's too big of an asset to let him if he just signed like Bogdanovich did to the Hawks with the Hawks. I should say it would so, be so smug of whoever runs the Hawks just to be like, we had our best season ever. The good vibes were rolling. We like, everything was amazing, but we're just not going to resign one of the main pieces of that. Just because we yeah. think, we think we don't need them. Yeah. We think we're all set. Uh, good luck. Um, so now they're in, there ain't much to say that they're, they're in, in, in great shape going forward. They're going to have some cap space going forward. Again, they've got those salaries. They've got their own picks. So if a star gets upset, 
Next starter gets upset. Like it was Bradley Beal for a while. I feel like he's off the the burner. But whoever's next, Atlanta got something to say about that. Baby boy of the week. Maybe. Baby boy of the week. Maybe. Jam, it's time for baby boy of the week. Maybe. 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 This is an interesting one for baby boy of the week. I have two candidates for baby boy of the week. And who gets baby boy? Who gets this rose? Will be determined by which one of them decides to be a baby boy. It's a fairly straightforward process. Now, in one, I know you don't follow you don't follow college basketball at all, right? No. Okay. There's a guy named Kofi Coburn, and his last it's spelled like Cockburn, which is sick, but it's pronounced <laughs> Co, pronounced Coburn. He played for Illinois last. He's like seven foot, like two ninety, like a monster, like second team All American, first team All Conference, a beast. He's entering the transfer portal. The reason he went to UK was because of a coach named Orlando Antigua, an assistant coach. Orlando Antigua is now an assistant coach at Kentucky, as, long, uh, as well as an assistant coach named Chin Coleman, who helped get him to Illinois. Both those guys are at Kentucky right now. So he is in the transfer portal. And it just so happens we have a spot for a big man. So there's, so there's Kofi. Kofi on one side, he was 18 points, 10 boards, shot 65% from the field last year. Like, kick ass. And in the other hand, we got Jalen Duran. You know who Jalen Duran is? No idea. I didn't think you would. Now, a few people do. He is a, I get he's a he's a high school senior now. He'll be eligible to play college basketball next year. <laughs> he is. Just take a look at this uh, this headline. Oh boy. Yeah, no, this is this is this is Jalen Duran set to make decision after Peach Jam. I have no idea what I want to do. Now, I will counter to Jalen and say he looks pretty comfortable in that uniform. This is on his visit, his official visit was I think last week. And he said, and I quote, Kentucky's program speaks for itself. They got a crazy legacy. Talking to Coach Cowan, this new coaching staff, wink wink the guys from Illinois, even some of the new guys on campus, just getting a feel for everything. I'd never been up there before. So kind of seeing everything that they got to offer and them talking to me about my development and what it's done for guys in the past like me and where it has got them to and how he got them to be ready for that next level. End quote. I think he was impressed. Listen, he looked pretty happy in the uniform. You don't just take, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I thought it was like I legit thought they were photoshopped. I was like, "Oh, Kentucky fan." No, he took those in the locker room. Does that happen on every official visit? Like here, like, I don't know. Put, I, on, I, put on the uniforms. Yeah, yeah, here, you go. yeah here, hold this ball. Uh, <laughs> but I'll say this: it can't happen on. All right, I can't imagine it happens on everyone. But he's also not every recruit. Like, I do you know who Imani uh, Bates is? I've definitely heard that name before. Okay, Imani Bates is the 2022 for next year. Like the consensus number one guy. Oh, it's him versus Chet, right? That was all on ESPN. Well, uh, Chet is this year. Imani is next year. Oh, gotcha. So they, yeah, so they're a year apart. I mean, I think they they might have played a game, but they're a year apart recruiting wise. 
24-7 and Rivals, the two big recruiting sites, both just put uh, put Jalen Duran over Imani Bates. That's what kind of year the Jalen Duran first team All America. They won a championship. He just displaced Imani Bates. So now I'm normally I could t- like I'd go like, hey, give me the five star guy so I can love him forever, like Bam or AD. I kind of like the grad transfer, man. We need some muscle. Like he's two ninety right now, right now. So either one of these got Jalen, Kofi, if you're listening, this is the first and hopefully the last. Because Peach Jam, Peach Jam is in July. So he said he hopes to make it. He has no idea what he's going to do now uh, per him. But. Could be you, Jalen. Could be you, Kofi. Now, could it be both or do you only want one baby boy? Oh, God. I. It's just a thing. I. Minutes wise, I just don't think they both like Jalen. Jalen's options are he narrowed it down to five. It's Miami. It is Memphis, Kentucky, the G League and uh, the NBL, like the league that RJ Hampton and LaMelo went to in New Zealand. That's a bold choice to be on your final five. Respectfully, you got to get to five. Maybe he took a trip and they were great. I don't know. Respectfully, they'd be my five here. Respectfully, they'd be my five uh memphis respect he's from philly like he's not even from memphis they're my four miami i don't need much of excuses like you an athlete says he wants to go to miami i get it i think his main options if i were i feel like the two most viable options for your present and future feel like g league in kentucky like as an as an extremely biased but bias aside here because now Kentucky, I mean, college has name, image, likeness. So he'll be able to make some money. He'll be able to put some legal money in his pocket for college and still have the college experience. Or he could go G League. Like, we're about to, Jalen Green might go two. Like, two G League guys might go top five or six. So he could go that route, get some big money, get that playing experience now. But I do, like, if I think they're, I don't know if they're waiting each other out. Like, if Kofi goes to Kentucky, then I think Jalen Duran goes to the G League. If Jalen Duran goes to Kentucky, I think Kofi transfers somewhere else. Like he, he stays in college, I think. I don't think he's going pro yet because his draft, his stock wasn't what he wants it to be. Jalen Duran is apparently just like that guy. Like the first all first team All American team he was on was Chet him, Chet Holmgren, and Damian Collins, another guy who's committed to Kentucky on currently. So. I can't choose, man. I can't choose. I love all my baby boys the same. I could be saying that about one of you, Jalen, Kofi. So the ball is in your court, fellas. I'm just saying. And listen, name, image, likeness is very legal now. I'm sure we could find a way for underdog sports to... uh, Sponsor a baby boy? Set up a nice little... uh, I'm just saying. I mean, I think they have bans on betting, but not games of skill. But not that's exactly the thing. We do games of skill. And it was like, hey, you play a game of skill. That's basketball. We play a game of skill. Let's pick them. I think I think the risk team and Rudman have some work to do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I need 38% finders fee, but 
I would not spend it. That would be really cool if you just been handed out baby boy of the week t-shirt. Like you just had a fat, they got a fat check every week. I mean, if they're handing what? out PS fives, why can't we hand out $10,000 for the baby boy of the week? If I get the baby boy of the week, it's like, Hey, you get a t-shirt and wrapped up in, as part of winning baby boy of the week. This is whatever, whatever verbiage we would have to put it. It'd have to be a sponsorship or some sort of program or whatever. It's like, Hey, come on the show for two minutes, open up your shirt. You open up the shirt, a brick of cash just falls around. <laughs> brick of cash, upwards of $20,000. Or I mean, we'll figure that out. I'll talk to settlement. But they don't even have to hide it. They can pick up yeah. that cash and say, this is for me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just hold it, hold the brick with the shirt. And then after that, you could do what you want with both of them. Well, are you going to win it? You want that shirt and that money next week, don't you? You know, where you're not going to get that money is the G League. No one, No one's going to sponsor a G League player. I think it actually probably makes people more likely to go to college now as opposed to G League because you could be you can be a local celebrity in Lexington like and really makes it like see your name on billboards. That seems like a fun experience. Like, absolutely. I think it's going to like the NCAA is getting off light here because they're not the ones paying the kids. They're like, hey, somebody else can do it. But I do like a lot of these kids like realistically are looking to get pro as fast as possible because they their family needs money. If this is a case where it's like, okay, hey, if you want to go to college and develop or just have the college experience for one year, for two years, for four years, while you are doing that, you can know that your family is not starving. You can know that your family has, you know, you, you can't, you might not can't buy them the mansion yet, but they're going to have food on the table in the heat. Like Terrell Pryor was like, well, my mother didn't have heat in the winter, so I sold my shit. And he was banned because he's a, a thug, the baddest guy ever, uh, said Rachel Nichols. But <laughs> <laughs> no, we got to I think we, I think there's some legs to this sponsorship um, of a baby boy or girl. Hey, Sydney uh, of the week. Let's make some picks. What? So how very thankful we are. We record one day a week and it's the day the game that we get to make the picks. They'll already know, but we get to make the picks. It's content. I'm looking at some. Yeah, give me some rivals first. Let's see some rivals. So we got points, rebounds, assist. Chris Middleton versus Devin Booker. But Devin Booker is getting three and a half. This one's interesting. Oh, to stay away. Chris Middleton's a demon. No matter what happens, he's gonna just uh it's gonna go against you. Mm-hmm. So pick it for the people so they can fade you. Yeah, okay. But if you pick Booker, you know Chris Middleton's scoring 23 points in the four in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. He just gets that look in his eyes where it's just like completely mm-hmm. glazed over. Oh what hurts with Middleton is that he does get rebounds and assists. Book is, like he'll get a few rebounds and assists, but like the last three games, like Middleton had like four and seven, 13 and eight, eight and five. Book don't do the all around numbers, but he might just score 45 points. I'm staying away from that over under. I won't do it. Assist Drew Holiday versus Chris Paul. Now this is this is just straight up. Even I'm, with the point god? Yes. They don't yeah, they don't call him the assist god for nothing. They don't call him that at all, as a matter of fact. Um now I'm going I get well, we talked about it earlier. I think they're gonna need Holiday to score a little more. So I think 
Like Chris Paul's coming off 41. He he's gonna score seven points at 19 assists. So I'm going Paul there. Ooh, big man battle. DeAndre Ayton versus Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is getting five rebounds. I I'm gonna take Aiden here. Look, Brooke Lopez, he does a lot of like boxing out and other people get re like he's he's good for the crew, but for individual, not so much. So I'm taking Aiden there. Ooh, I like the cam battle. Payne or Johnson. Just straight up. Campaign scored seven, five, and five his last three. Cam Johnson missed one of these. Yeah, he missed one, but he scored 14. The game four. He is held. I'm going Cam Johnson. I will go Cam Johnson. Now hold on now. Oh, I've only picked Suns players. I have. (laughs) (laughs) Damn you, Risty. Um, who do I want to go? Okay, no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Now we'll add one to it. Rebounds. P.J. Tucker versus Bobby Portis. P.J. Tucker is getting three rebounds. Is Bobby Portis even going to play? Is that what the risk team wants me to think? Right. Did Bobby listen. Portis listen to last episode where we talked about him? Listen, Who knows? <laughs> he had nine, eight, and seven rebounds in the last three games. So who are we to say? I was, but that was the three games after we talked about him and wished him good luck. So he definitely has the good vibes in his spirit by now, in his system. And also, I will not be caught picking against Bobby Portis <laughs> at much of anything. Let's go Portis there. We'll go Portis there. Let's lock that one in. And one more. As a, I mean, it's the finals. You know what I mean? We can get some under, over-unders. Give me... Oof. Okay. Booker points 28 and a half. Give me the over. Drew Holiday, 38 and a half points, rebounds, assist. Give me the over. Middleton, I, I just don't know. I'm... Mm-mm. I will not I will not take your your bet because we that's not what we do here. We take games of skill. And I will add in Oh boy. This is tough. Okay, okay, okay. Cam Payne, Cam Johnson, six and a half points under or over for either of them. Oh wow. Well, you got to be consistent. You picked Cam Johnson last time, right? I think so I got. Be... Yeah. Now let's double it up. I'm going Cam Johnson. Over. I got three overs, baby. That's gonna be an no 80, 80, 75 game, like it was in the Clippers Suns. <laughs> I can't wait. Like, wow, this these game two teams is can't score at all. Yeah. Oh my God, they can't buy a basket. Um, let's lock that one in. Let's lock that one in. A little NBA Finals action. So happy, always happy finals time to everyone. This is not even kidding. One of the most wonderful times of the year. 
Like we get a little break every other day to the games, but the games we get, it's like, ooh, they're all good. Ooh, ooh, game three, they're all good. So I'm going Suns in six. I'm rooting for, for D-Book, of course, uh, as well as Monty Williams and James Jones, but especially D-Book. I'm thankful that Chris Paul has allowed them all to exist um, in his general just universe. So thankful to Chris Paul. For, I mean, just everything. Thankful for, to Super Producer Jam and uh, the the nefarious Rudman and his his uh, cohorts to Kofi Coburn or Jalen Duran, but not both, but not both. And to you listening, thank you. That was this week. Not here to argue. I'm signing off like Tom Brokaw for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Good night and have a pleasant Sunday. Or what? I don't know. That's what Tom broke off. You had it. You had it. You, yeah. you didn't have oh, yeah. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Okay. Hold on. Uh, this is Trilly Withers signing off. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.